Don't we all wish we could have those open and honest conversations with our friends and family to be able to ask a question without being overly terrified of what the answer might be? Well, that's what the Onus podcast is for. We are here to bring on individuals each week to talk about their pregnancy experience, talk about their yeah pregnancy, labor, birth, and postpartum, and be completely open and honest about those taboo topics that we have been told are shameful to talk about. We'll also be bringing on providers from the Onus Collaborative website. These people will range from midwives to doulas, speech language pathologists, lactation care providers, and so much more. And they're going to talk about who they are as individuals, who they are as providers, and why they got into the work that they did, and what they might be able to help you figure out what's going on for you. So yeah, we're excited to have you. Hey, so welcome. I am Moonly. Welcome to the Ona's podcast, the first ever podcast. You can call me Moonly, or you can call me Erin. And essentially today, all I want to talk about is who I am, so you guys can learn a bit about the owner and founder of the Onus Collaborative, and learn about how I came up with the Onus Collaborative, how I think that it can be helpful dealing with a lot of the issues in the United States around maternal health, and what we'll be doing on the Onus Podcast. So let's get started. So I am originally from the East Coast of the USA. I actually went to Ohio State and studied uh, world politics. And currently I'm living in Australia just because this is where my partner's uh, work is. So we'll be living here for a couple of years until we eventually move back to the U.S. because I want to be closer to friends and family when I decide to have kids. And essentially I moved back in 2000, I moved back to Australia in 2018, 2018. And essentially before I got on the airplane, I was talking to my mom and obviously we were crying because I was getting ready to leave again. And she was telling me to look into the issue of period poverty because my past history has been in anti-human trafficking work, but recently I'd wanted to, to get out of it and she knew that. So she told me to look into the issue of period poverty that she remembers reading an article out of England about young, uh, like uterus owners that had to use, uh, towels and like cloths and just a variety socks and stuff like that for their period because they couldn't afford period products. So when I did come back to Australia, I decided to start getting invested into that research. But as I was getting invested into that research and trying to figure out what's the core of the issue, um, I found that I actually got more interested in the science of things and why we have a menstrual cycle. And with that, I actually was able to educate myself a lot on the menstrual cycle. I was able to come off hormonal birth control because I learned that it wasn't helping anything. It was actually causing more issues than good. And yeah, as I continued with my research, I was actually able to um, come across the word endometriosis, which my mom had said on several occasions because I started my period when I was 10 and I had really, really horrific periods. And um, my mom had always thought it sounded very much like the disease her older sister was diagnosed with, which was endometriosis, but doctors often dismissed my mom. And I was always in pain in different ways, uh, pretty much from when I started my period till I was 24 and never really had answers. They tried different orthopedic surgeries, colonoscopies, and all these different things. And I just assumed I'd always be in pain. But finally, when I sat down, I was doing this research on the menstrual cycle and learning about endometriosis, I could check mark all of the symptoms. I'm like, yes, I have this and this and this. And then going on Instagram and typing in endometriosis and looking at like endo belly, like, like um, pain down the leg, pain with sex, like all of these things. And I finally actually went back to the US 
to find a doctor that would actually formally diagnose me with it. And that's what happened. I got my stage two endometriosis diagnosis and was also diagnosed with fibroids. And essentially I decided to create my account moonly.x to raise awareness about the menstrual cycle, but also wanted to raise awareness about things that we are told are normal about our menstrual cycle that aren't. And this is just based off like research that I enjoy doing. And it's also kind of a platform where just because your doctor said it's normal doesn't mean it is. Like you should not be having painful sex. You actually shouldn't be having severe PMS. You shouldn't, you know, have irregular cycles. Like there's an answer and a root cause to things, but a lot of unfortunately conventional medicine, there isn't a lot of training in it. So that's what I enjoy talking about with Moonly X. And essentially Moonly X kind of leads into how the Onus Collaborative evolved. So I created Moonly X in July 2019. Yeah, I moved here in 2018. And then I created in July 2019 this Instagram account and this blog. And as I was continually like, listening to podcasts, learning about the menstrual cycle, I came across a podcast that I, I believe it's the expanded podcast where she brought on um, midwives from the Native American community talking about the maternal mortality rates uh, within the Native American community, which you never hear about. And I remember also learning just before I moved back to Australia that I was three to four times more likely to die due to pregnancy-related complications just because of the color of my skin. And so I continued to do research into this, like, but why? Like, why am I more likely to die? That doesn't make any sense. And when you actually look at the issues behind it all, the history of obstetrics is astounding and gives us so much information. You look at that, you look at um, intergenerational trauma, how our gene expressions have changed. And I think for me, the biggest takeaway, though, was looking at that history of uh, how obstetrics and gynecology came about in the United States, how there were um, a lot of experiments done on black women's bodies that lead to how we have so many of the current methods of treating uh, gynecological issues today. And these, when these were done, these weren't consented and they also weren't done under anesthesia. I learned about the forced sterilization practices of the African-American women, Native American community, people with disabilities, Hispanic community. I learned so much and so much more. And as I continued forward, I realized today's medical system is still on this idea that that came from the beginning of times when women were, when African-American women were still enslaved, when their children were still bred basically to be slaves and that these doctors from these, these horrific times, these colonized times were there trying to make sure that black women could always reproduce so that these slave owners could always have slaves. And so I think the more I got into that research, I realized that there was a gap and I started to learn more about the maternal mortality rate in the U.S., especially amongst black women, as the United States is the only industrialized country with a rising maternal mortality rate. And as I continued doing the research, I just kept learning and also living in Australia, my sister-in-law, like my partner's brother's wife, she actually got pregnant uh, like right as I moved here. And when I was talking to her about her pregnancy, she said she was going to a midwife. And I was like, what is a midwife? Like, I, I had seen called the midwife, like the show a thousand times, but I didn't think of it in modern day terms because in the United States, I was so used to my friends and family and hearing stories of people going to an OBGYN, having a C-section, having an epidural, having a hospital birth. Um, 
that was the norm. I grew up from the age of six, getting up every day at 5am to watch that birthing show on TLC where like, you know, people go in and they give birth. I don't remember what it's called, but I, I loved birth. And obviously this kind of leads into like where I am today. I think naturally I'm very um, interested in birth work, but yeah, she was like, yeah, I'm having a midwife or giving birth at the birthing center. And I was like, well, what's a birthing center? And she's like, oh, it's like, you have like a, like a water birth. You can lie on the bed. And I was just like, what? Like, is this actually a thing? And I started doing more research about it and actually listening to podcasts on it. And in most countries, such as Canada, Australia, England, um, France, just most countries, pregnancy and birth are mainly dominated by midwives and midwives specialize in this area. Where in the United States, majority of births are dominated by OBGYNs. And and don't get me wrong, in these other countries, they have OBGYNs, but OBGYNs mainly stick to gynecological issues. And if they do obstetrics, it's mainly because um, there's a high risk pregnancy. So someone with diabetes or there's something that's going on with the baby. So they just want to be sure that they have that extra support there. But in the United States, like the, everyone goes to an OBGYN. I didn't even know you had the option of getting a, getting a midwife until I started actually doing research. And it made me realize that maybe that's the other issue is that we have very, don't, there's definitely people that need OBGYNs for their birth, but there's a lot of low risk people that don't, and they could have access to such a better birth experience. And I've started learning more about obstetric violence and how that plays out. And obstetric violence isn't only OBGYNs. This can definitely happen with midwives as well. But I started learning and learning and just, I also came across an article from the World Health Organization who said the introduction of midwives would actually help lower the maternal mortality rate, which I personally do think it would help, the, especially in the United States. So I don't think it's the only solution. There's a lot that needs to be changed. But I think that when we medicalize birth and we start taking away the rights of the birthing individual that's when we lose the connection of the birthing experience the pregnancy experience and i want to give that voice back to pregnant postpartum individuals in the united states i notice like most because ugh, sorry because most people go to OBGYNs in the United States because the United States is a very uh, medicalized system, a very unfair medicalized system. Midwives aren't often highlighted as an option. So I wanted to be able to create a platform where people could actually find midwives in their area. But along with this, when I was talking to my sister-in-law, like she was going through pregnancy, she was like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to my pelvic phys pelvic floor physical therapy appointment. I was like, oh, it's wrong. And she's like, oh, you know, just sometimes like, you know, when you're pregnant, you go to pelvic floor physical therapy. I was like, no, I had no idea that that was a thing. And I remember after she had our niece, she was like, yeah, I'm going to go to the lactation consultant, but I also need to go to speech language pathologist to see if it's more of like my breast milk or is it her latching? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa a lactation consultant. Like, what is that? Because in the United States, I remember, I think they maybe gave, when my sister gave birth to my nephew when I was in high school, they maybe gave her what, maybe like five minutes to try breastfeeding. And they're like, oh, it doesn't work. Here's a bottle. And so in the United States, I was just so used to people body feeding, bottle feeding. There were a few families I knew growing up that breastfed, but I didn't really know much about breastfeeding because it wasn't very common. And I'm from like a city of 2 million people. Like I'm not from the middle of nowhere in the United States. I'm from a major city. 
and it just isn't as common. So it was just so interesting to hear that my sister-in-law had access to all of these different providers in this network of a system. And I saw that as a gap in the United States. I, did, I had never heard of anyone going to a public floor physical therapist after birth. I had never heard of anyone, you know, going to a speech language pathologist that they're having issues with breastfeeding or a lactation consultant or a lactation, you know, specialist. This was all news to me. And I wanted to, yeah, just dismantle that gap. And also after my sister, the same sister that had my nephew, she had a daughter a few years later. And I remember her talking about, she felt like she might be going through postpartum depression and getting through that. And obviously at this time, I personally had not done therapy yet. I eventually did do therapy for my own issues, but I realized that most people, when they're going through postpartum depression, they might not even realize it. Like, I think my sister was able to this time. I'm not sure she did the first time. She was able to recognize it, but she still didn't find help for it. And I think that there's just a massive gap. And the more I started listening to podcasts and following people on Instagram, I started hearing more about, you know, the struggles of eating disorders and getting pregnant and going through like postpartum. And I was like, oh, that would be such a massive like change for someone, you know, to go from, you know, always struggling with an eating disorder, and then your stomach grows over the course of nine months, like your body's changing significantly. And I can't imagine what that would be like to internalize someone with an eating disorder. And then going through postpartum, we're often seeing these articles on like, how do you lose your postpartum belly quick in 21 days to get rid of all of the, the weight that you added on. But we just don't, we just don't give pregnant and postpartum people the time to just be to be honest about how they're feeling to let their bodies heal the way they need to heal we're always in a rush like you need to look this way you need to be like this you need to do this and i think i was just kind of fed up with it we need to you know give people access and eating disorders and you know dealing with postpartum depression are hard and i can't even imagine and for myself personally i was sexually abused as a child. So I ended up uh, getting PTSD in 2000. Oh, I had PTSD for two years, but I finally went to therapy in 2018, just before I moved back to Australia. And that's one of the things I realized for myself is I was so disconnected from my body. I was so disconnected from my vagina and reproductive system. So I was just like, no, nah, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to think about it. So I was like, imagine being a pregnant person going through birth, going through pregnancy labor and birth having so many people in your private area that you probably don't even really want there having this child coming out of you it's just i couldn't i can't imagine what that would be like if you've never done therapy or never tried to heal that trauma and i started to read a lot more of these stories of giving birth and then you know you have you say your doctors in there but then you have all these midwives rushing in you have people rushing into the room and you just want a trusted, safe space and with all those people in there. You don't actually know what's safe and what's not anymore because you're trying to give birth. You're being told what to do, when to do it, how to do it. But then you're also trying to internalize maybe even having a trigger PTSD episode, not able to explain it to anyone around you. I think there's just so much to pregnancy, labor, and birth and postpartum that we don't talk about. And I really, really have mainly created this podcast to talk about all of these issues, but mainly I created the Onus Collaborative to find a space where people could easily find providers in their area because unfortunately OBGYNs are most likely not, most OBGYNs in the United States are not going to refer pregnant postpartum people off to the right providers that they need. 
So I have mid, I want midwives on there from all over the US getting their profiles up so that people can easily just type in their zip code and actually find those providers. I want lactation care consultants so we can have more people breastfeeding, especially in the African-American community. Breastfeeding isn't a huge thing because it's not really um, advocated for because most African-American women give birth in a hospital setting. In a hospital setting, they don't really see us as a priority, unfortunately. So I want to create a way that, you know, they can say, I want to breastfeed. If I give, give birth in a hospital and you're not going to help me, I'm going to call my lactation care consultant. I'm going to go to onas.com and, well, the onascollaborative.com and type my, my zip code. Cool, there's one right down the road. I'm going to make an appointment. I want for people to know that they can easily find a therapist that has actually worked with, you know, pregnancy and trauma, pregnancy and eating disorders, pregnancy and postpartum depression. I want these providers on there. And I've also provided space for speech language pathologists because sometimes it's actually the way the baby's latching, which might actually be, you know, for say a tongue tie, which you can go to a speech language pathologist for, and they can help assist with that. And I also have decided to add doulas on there because I think doulas are fantastic, whether that's if you're birthing with a midwife, if you're birthing with an OBGYN, if you need one postpartum, I think doulas are just making a comeback and they're doing phenomenal things for pregnant postpartum individuals across the world, but especially in the United States. And I love it. And lastly, I've added on Lamaze classes, which because I personally didn't think people actually did birthing classes. I see it, saw it on TV, but found out in Australia, it's very normal to do a birthing class to know what to expect and how to actually incorporate hypnobirthing if that is what you want for your birthing experience. So really, the Onus Collaborative is a way to dismantle that gap between these diverse maternity care providers and pregnant and postpartum individuals across the United States. You all deserve a voice and you all deserve a choice in providers. You deserve to be recognized, midwives, doulas, you know, counselors, therapists, psychologists, Lamaze instructors, speech languages, pathologists, pelvic floor physical therapists. I don't know if I left any out, but you all deserve a space. And I just want people to be able to easily find these providers so that they can say, hey, I got the help I need. Awesome. And now if I need anything else or if I need anyone else that needs to find a speech language pathologist, it's there. And with this podcast, I want to you know, bring uh, some of our, I want to bring honestly all of our providers on, but I also want to bring on actual pregnant postpartum individuals, people to talk about their story. Everyone's story is so different. And the, and I really, really want to bring on um, people of color that have gone through pregnancy and postpartum in the United States, because there needs to be more of a voice. Um, recently, I found out that African-American women actually suffer at higher rates of infertility than white women. But when I look at the when I look at infertility or I type in infertility on Google, I always see a white woman. I never see a black woman. And that made me realize that there's probably a massive gap in communication um, between the black community and dealing with infertility. That's not a common discussion that we have. And today, like I recorded one of my next podcasts, uh, which will become a later with educate, educating underscore endo with Elizabeth and she was talking, she's um, Southeast Asian and dealing with endometriosis and miscarriages and being from that type of culture, it was very dismissive and just very much like a joke when she was in pain or t trying to deal with depression after, like while she was pregnant and postpartum dealing with miscarriages and loss. So there's a gap and I want to get these voices on here so that people know that you're not alone and what you're going through, you can find support. 
and there's always support. There's always someone out there that you can speak with. And I just want to empower everyone to be your own individual. You get a voice and choice in everything that should happen to you. You deserve bodily autonomy, inclusivity, um, choice, and and you deserve to be able to give explicit consent to what is done to you in your body. And I personally, when I move back to the United States, I really want to get a black midwife. I'm black. I really want to get a black midwife for my birthing experience. I really want to get a doula. And I also want a black OBGYN. And, you know, I just want to have the best experience that I can have in the United States giving birth. And I think everyone deserves that. So I really hope that this platform really makes a difference. And if there's anyone that wants to come on this podcast, message me on Instagram, you know, follow me on Facebook. I have so many social media platforms and (laughs) you can follow me on LinkedIn. You can email me. Just let me know. Like everyone has a story and I think it deserves to be heard. And I just want to say like, no, not all OBGYNs are bad, but I really want to give this birthing space back to midwives. I really do. I really want their voice to be heard. I really want, you know, pregnant postpartum (coughs) individuals who are low risk to have the option of, you know, having a birthing center birth, having a home birth if that is what they wish and I like now I want a midwife and I personally want a birthing center birth I had always imagined myself lying on my back maybe with an epidural in a hospital uh probably not breastfeeding probably bottle feeding and you know just going through the motions but no I want to be so much more connected to my birthing experience and my pregnancy experience than I used to be and you know I might have to go through therapy you know PTSD might set in when I'm constantly going in for checks so I want to know that I can easily find a therapist and a counselor to help with that I'm super excited for breastfeeding breastfeeding photos are one of my favorite things to look at because you know I didn't see breastfeeding that much growing up I was breastfed but I think I was only breastfed for maybe six months because everyone knows the maternity leave in the United States is crap. So I think I was breastfed for like six weeks and then bottle fed. So, you know, I just, yeah, I just, I'm doing this because I really, really want to give the voice and choice back, especially to the communities that don't realize that they have it. So many communities, like I said, I'm from a city of 2 million people. I don't know anyone that ever used a midwife. I had never heard the word midwife, like in terms of I'm giving birth to a midwife until I was, how old was I, 23? Yeah. So yeah, that is pretty much what it's about. And the illness podcast, we're here for you. Come on. I'd love to have you on. And yeah, I'm super excited to see us grow and get more providers on the website. So you can easily just go on, type in your zip code, find the provider that best suits you. And look, there might be hundreds of providers in your area, but I'm giving them each an individual profile. So you can go through Figure out which one do you think you're going to vibe with the best? Which one are you going to connect with? Because it's not just about, oh, they have the qualifications and the certifications. It's also about, do you have a connection with them? Can you trust them? Do you both respect each other? And are they not dismissive? They're listening to you, giving you full bodily autonomy, giving you explicit consent. And I also want to explain when I'm saying explicit consent, it's a lot like um, informed consent, informed decision making. So Like, for example, uh, I'm just going to use, like, getting a check while you're giving birth, uh, that your midwife is actually talking to you and saying, this is what I'm going to do. 
do you allow for me to do this? This is the benefits, this is the risk, and this is the outcome. Really giving the decision back to that, that birthing individual. That's what I'm about. And I love bodily autonomy, people being able to say yes, no, because hearing these stories about obstetric violence, like people being forced into episiotomies and C-sections and epidurals, that is what I'm just infuriates me no one should have that decision making take taken away from them to just be convenient for their birthing provider no this is about you and you get to make the final decision and that's what matters the most to me so yeah that's pretty much what i have for you guys and we have some awesome podcasts coming up i'm really excited and yeah so that is all i have and again if you guys want to follow our account on instagram if you want to follow me i am moonly.x so m-o-o-n-l-i.x and if you want to follow uh, the onas collaborative instagram we're just at onas o-n-a-s collaborative and our website is www.theonascollaborative.com we hope to be launching providers january 1st which we're very excited for and this podcast yeah well it's going to go up and this will be the first podcast you listen to so yeah. Well, thanks for listening. And yeah, I'll talk to you all soon. Message me if you have any questions.